0: A young couple search for an apartment in the big city to settle down and start a family. They find a cozy little place in New York, close to Broadway, where the neighbors are friendly. They're more than willing to help the couple begin their dream of starting a new family. The neighbors enlist doctors, they throw parties, prepare food, and then tidy up around the house. A seemingly pleasant situation. But beware of what lies behind the hallway closet door. You may feel safe in your modern New York apartment. But the devil is always watching. This is it records. Good evening, all you creatures of the night, and welcome back to the It Records podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Johnson, and the other the other two are here as well.
1: But <laughs> if you're just like we're, we're here by yourself, you're just like pretending to talk to us. Oh, and then we weren't really here
2: <laughs> the entire time.
0: I'm just. Would I make up your voices as well? Would I try to...
1: Because you're just that talented. Uh,
0: no, they're... people would be I able to tell. think
1: you would do it... <laughs> you would do it like autotune. You just like oh. like make different
0: pitches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe I'll try that out. I wouldn't know where to start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Google. Yeah. I'll Bing it. I'll Bing autotune. So this week... That's definitely something people say. Just Bing it? We'll make it a thing.
2: I say that at least all the time.
0: <laughs> I don't think I've honestly ever used Bing. I never have, if it still exists.
2: Oh, it exists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so If I'm ever being something, it's because it's an accident. Like, the page just, uh, you know, refreshes automatically. I never, like, do it on purpose.
0: Yeah, I feel like if you have a, a Microsoft computer... That when you log into the internet somewhere, and, like, you have to cut... It's bound to It happen. comes up automatically once you connect to the internet. Bing.
2: hmm
0: Anyway, that's our soft plug for Microsoft and Bing on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hope to get some advertising. Trying
1: to get a little uh, Christian money yep. there. Yeah.
0: hmm um, So this week on the podcast, we watched the 1968 film directed by Roman Polanski, Rosemary's baby, Rosemary's baby, Rosemary's
1: baby. You said that kind of thing. Rosemary's point. baby. <laughs>
0: yeah. Originally, <laughs> the smallest <laughs> apartment was a nine. It had been broken up into four, and sixes. This room, for instance, it
1: would make a lovely nursery. room. Oh, it's wonderful apartment. Let's have a baby. Really? Congratulations. Minnie Castevet has a herbarium. I'm going to have her make a daily drink for you. You're pregnant. Are you aware of the that the Alfred had rather an unpleasant reputation around the turn of the century? Awful things happen in every apartment house. She seems so happy and full of. She said wonderful things about you and
2: your husband This is
1: for you from Roman and me Sometimes I think they're too friendly and helpful Guy, I have a pain I'm so afraid the baby's gonna die Pain like that is a warning that something isn't right They're not setting foot in this apartment ever again. What about what's fair to me? There are plots against people, aren't there? Well, there, there's one against me and my baby If you say anything more
0: about witches or witchcraft You'll be forced to take it to a mental hospital
1: I haven't flipped that. doctor
0: What, dead.
2: Hey, he told the doctor to make sure that you got the one that was on his desk
1: Read
0: what they do, God
1: They use blood in their rituals Monsters You're lying! You're lying! You're lying! What have you done to it?
0: This is my pick this week for Rosemary's Baby. Is it a competition now? W- what? Based <laughs> on our picks?
1: Yeah, it's like which is the, the most liked pick.
0: Oh. Yes, it is. Now, we'll make it one.
1: Is that is that a thing now? Mm-hmm. I honestly just thought of that just now, just like... <laughs>
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I I chose this one, as I mentioned to you guys, just because the last movie we did was Night of the Demon, which was you, Pete, right? Night of the Demon? Yes. And I kind of wanted to do a a similar occult one uh, or spirituality one, but was just a little more modern, which, as we said, is only 10 years after Night of the Demon came out. Rosemary's Baby.
1: It is very different. (laughs) It is.
0: And it's based off the book by Ira Levin, I believe his name is, of the same title, Rosemary's Baby. And it was produced by, do you guys have the company name? Is it Castle Productions?
2: I want to say that sounds right. I know William Castle was one of the main producers. Yeah,
0: that that always stuck out to me because he did uh, 13 Ghosts, House on Haunted Hill. He was known for, like, the B-movie horrors in the 50s and the 60s. And he mm. was really really jazzed about getting the rights for this this book
2: yeah you were
0: correct it's uh, William Castle Productions okay that's what I thought which I read that he got the rights for this film even before the book was published like he knew like uh he, had, he was talking with Ira Levin because he had made several books before um uh, that were movies I'm drawing a blank on them right now I should know that but he wanted to make the next one
2: Yeah, and it seems like um, the movie is a pretty like, about as close as it gets in terms of uh, film adaptation from the book. Uh, I read the dialogue, color schemes, clothing. It's all, like, identical to the book. Yeah,
0: that's what I was reading. It was very close. Like, even the author was... uh, uh What's the word? He was... He was proud that it was very, almost identical to what his work was. It was the closest adaptation mm-hmm. that he's had of any of his books.
2: Yeah. And it's, like, the only one he likes, I guess, out of all the other mm-hmm. books that have been adapted.
0: Yeah. And even, like, exact dialogue was used from the, the book to the script. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, the Ira Levin also wrote Septford Wives, which is a movie. That was the other one. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yeah, I knew there was another one. Me either. That was made into a film. This also is Roman Polanski's first Amer- American directorial debut um, and then he did Downhill Racer I think later but this is the first time Roman Polanski's filming an American movie
1: he's not doing those anymore
0: mm-hmm. no, it, you know, he left like in the 70s right he's, he's been out of here for a while
1: was it back then when he left he fled the country
0: I think the case I think yeah I think it happened in the 70s his incident and he's been gone ever since yeah short-lived short-lived yeah
1: so after Chinatown sorry to interrupt
0: after Chinatown? when did Chinatown come out? Chinatown in 74 I think and I don't know the year I think that's right before he left I think 76, I wanted to say. Because The Tenet is when... comes
1: out in 76, and, mm. and I believe that is not an American movie. I think that's French.
0: Yes, um, it is. And I think. What about Repulsion?
1: That's his, that's before Rosemary and mm. Baby, I thought.
0: That's before. Okay. Yeah, it's so 65. That, 65. Which, those are all part of a trilogy that he did. Yeah. Or a, lo- a loose trilogy. Yeah, a loose trilogy. Mm-hmm. Repulsion, t- The Tenant's, and. Rosemary's Baby about like the horrors of urban, (laughs) you know, urban dwellings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Apartment living.
2: Yeah, I guess that made this movie kind of stand out, right? Because usually, you know, horror movies take place in rural settings. You know, it's not very often that. And this is in the middle of New York City, so it's called urban horror, I believe.
0: Yeah, that's what I was reading is it like took the gothic elements that you found in like old books you know, in the castles and stuff that might be on isolated rural areas somewhere and brought it into, like, a city into crowded areas where, you know, the horrors are now here, present in these populated areas, too. So it gets credit for that.
1: Yeah, I can't think of anything before this that kind of, like, takes a uh, stab at, like, urban living in horror movies. Like, it's pretty much the, the earliest cases of it, and it's even not that popular, but you still see it popping every now and again, like how the Baba Duke was like, you know, you feel super isolated. She was like in a city.
0: Yeah. hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think they did a good job of that, like making it feel like really claustrophobic a little bit. I mean, because Rosemary never really, there's a few scenes where she's leaving the apartment complex, but for the most part, she's in that home. Yeah. The whole time.
1: In that giant ass apartment. Yeah, Yeah. she's this.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (sighs) Which I would get, because it's pretty dope. It's a pretty awesome apartment.
0: (laughs) Well, those are actually, it's filmed at the Dakota in New York, which is where John Lennon lived. Oh, really? And and, and was killed, yeah, at the Dakota, at those apartments. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: I thought he died on the street.
0: Of going into his apartment. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He had his apartment complex. So that's where they filmed it. Mm-hmm.
1: But that was before he lived there. <laughs> right?
0: This movie? Yeah, I don't think he was a, Uh, 68 he might have been. I'm not sure when he moved in. But he was in America in 68.
1: Yeah, because yeah. he be- died in... S- two. I don't I remember when he died.
0: Eight, I believe... It's, it's definitely 1980. Is it 1980? October, no. It's like December 9th, I think. That might be his birthday. Like October 9th is when he died. It's one of those two. I get him <laughs> flip but 1980 like, is the year. I was
1: like, you should know, Matt.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're, 1980. You're
1: obsessed with John Lennon. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, yeah, so that's where this takes place. Bramford Apartments. Well, that's the fictional apartments. Bramford. Which I, I guess, if we can go into the plot, but I... I would echo kind of the horror significance we were talking about that did the urban horror and the dwellings that took it from the rural area is I think this film did a good job of really and it's a credit to the book but the movie did it as well talking to the culture of the time in the 60s like kind of echoing what was going on within this film I think that works well a lot of film, Um even like Jordan Peele did that in Get Out like a social critique of like racism yeah. on now in, in a horror movie that kind of did that in Rosemary's Baby and for the 60s the countercultural movement
1: or like early George Romero movies how there's a lot of social commentary
0: mm-hmm. with like yeah. Night
1: of the Living Dead and Martin and I think there's the crazies also tried doing that
0: mm-hmm. yeah definitely and like Night of the Living Dead it has a lot of the similar because that was what 60 is that a year before this
1: Was that a year before this? It seems so much older because it's in black and white.
0: (laughs) It's black and white, yeah. But, yeah, I think with this one... Which is
1: an unreleased episode from us.
0: Yeah, those are still in the archives that we can can bring out. It'll be like a full hour and a half long episode. (laughs)
1: Oh my god, Night of the Living Dead is 68. It's the same year.
0: Same year. There you go. So I think they, yeah, they echoed a lot of the same countercultural movements, like um, more with Rosemary's Baby, I think it was more of the the women's movement, with yeah. Rosemary being the lead. And there was some, and at a larger scale, sort of just the generational shift. I think Guy Woodhouse and Rosemary are the younger 60s generation compared to the elders, which is the Casavets. And they're seen as like the World War II generation. And you can definitely see the different dynamics between those two.
1: It seems like a very Shakespearean name.
0: The Cassavetes?
1: Yeah, like something yeah. from Romeo and Juliet.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kept wanting, wanting to call them the Cassavetes because that's Guy, John Cassavetes is Guy Woodhouse. Yeah. <laughs> so that Insane. was tough for my brain to really comprehend. <laughs> it's
1: like basically the same. Thing. I honestly yeah. forgot that their name was the Cassavetes until like a. I like was like watched a like an analysis video of the of Oversun's baby before we started recording to kind of like get a refresher on things.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh yeah,
1: I, like legit forgot that was their name. I just remember them as the ridiculous old couple that is cartoonish almost. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. They were
1: too much makeup.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess we've we've kind of talked about the elements of it, but is there any scenes I guess that particularly stood out to you that or we should mention if you people who haven't seen Rosemary's baby it's a, like a two and a half hour film little under so it goes on for a little while but I'm not gonna
1: I think I don't really have a, like ones that stand out but I think it's really good at like just like having really creepy atmosphere throughout the whole time mm-hmm. until like the end so it just like really makes it like kind of builds a sense of terror in a really good way because uh you really only see stuff from like mia Farrow's character's point of view yeah like everything that she's seeing you're kind of seeing and like and it's just like only around her like we only follow her it's like what it seems like i can't think of this yeah an instance where it's not there's like a scene that doesn't revolve
0: around her I believe you're right. It's always no, she's in the trick. shot. And it's from yeah her POV.
1: uh I was going to say, uh, just finish up the thought that like, so like we kind of, we're just like everything that she knows, we know. And she's just like a scared pregnant lady. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like a scared pregnant lady when I'm watching this movie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it does a great job of that. You said like building the atmosphere because Ira Levin was quoted as saying the the greatest parts about like writing horror is, is everything leading up to it. It's not the horror. It's everything before it, not after that kind of makes it what's terrifying and what's scary. And I think Polanski being faithful to the novel did that in the first, you know, like two hours of this film is really make you feel claustrophobic, make you feel paranoid, like Mia Farrah is. Like, I felt, I really felt paranoid for her, especially when she started to, like, feel sick. And, like, she looked pale. Like, I kind of, like, it really made me feel, like, off and ill for her. And we're with her, so we're kind of confused and lost the whole time. Like, it just seems like everybody's kind of against her or, like like even Guy Woodhouse or her, her husband is just like oh it's an ugly haircut oh just take your vitamins <laughs> and it's like everybody's coming down on her the whole time
2: mm-hmm.
1: I was so shocked by like some yeah. of his responses I was like I was like oh my god mm-hmm.
2: he was so dismissive he just like I was shocked by how dismissive he was by the way he brushed her off it's like yo you're supposed to be her husband like you don't even like He doesn't, every single thing, whether it's, uh, you know, the drinks that she's supposed to be having every day or the chocolate mousse or whatever. He's just so, like, I'm surprised I didn't pick up on him a little sooner, but it all made sense. Yeah. Like, uh, later on. Absolutely. What his involvement was.
0: and I I also think that's something that they were trying to do at the same time with the social issues and the gender, specifically with the women's role in the 60s, is, like, we we know as the viewer that something's going on like we feel like something supernatural is going on but if you just like watch the scenes as they transgress it just seems like she wants to be i don't she wants to be herself and like gets the new haircut wants to make this her home and the the cassavettes and guy woodhouse are like no don't do that like conform to what we're doing you're gonna be a mother soon like just stay in that role i'm gonna go out and be the studio actor So they're kind of, like, trying to keep her in that traditional role where at the 60s it was kind of women were gaining more of their rights and being seen as equals more. So I think if you don't know the supernatural elements there where she's, you know, going to be the mother of Satan, um, spoiler alert, uh, (laughs) mother of (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Uh, To this day. (laughs) uh, Oh, yeah, FYI, 1968, June 12th, that's when... (laughs) Rosemary's Babies came out so it's been 50 years
1: we coincidentally did it on the same day
0: yeah which yeah we do that quite a bit I think we did that with Suspiria and we did and Creep or yeah was it Creep as well I think it was like not as long of one like Suspiria was like 30 or, I think Suspiria was like 40 years 50 years Is Rosemary's Baby I think like Creep was yeah. like the second year or something like that
1: it was like 3 years or whatever yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah but that's funny like because like it always happens when we like delay something for a real long time and like oh yeah like fyi uh this movie came out 50 years ago i'm like what yeah Yeah. it was Mm -hmm. like
2: just totally meant to be like no you know what
1: i don't feel like recording today i'm gonna wait until the exact (laughs) moment it was released Yeah, down to the minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: really paid tribute to it. Really paid tribute to Rosemary's <laughs> baby.
1: So,
2: you guys, I had a question. Um, the cast of had a girl named Terry living with them, right? Um, and who Rosemary briefly encounters toward the beginning of the movie. And then, um, not long after... It's, you know, they find out that Terry, uh, killed herself jumping off their, uh, out of their window. on like, seven floors up or something. Um, does it ever really explain, like, why exactly she did that? Or did I miss something? My th- And I'm guessing she knew, you know, what they were all about. My thoughts on
0: it are, and I don't know if it's explained in the book more, is that she was wearing that necklace with the Tannis root in. Which is, the Tannis root is... It's like the devil's pepper, it said. It's what they use in the satanic rituals. Um, Anyway, Terri, was her name? She's wearing the necklace, and she shows it to her. And I think she figured out, because she's living with the Casaves, that they're this satanic cult, and that maybe she's going to be the bearer of Satan's offspring. They wanted her to be it. I'm thinking. And she got wise Uh, to it, and then decided that she'd rather die than be the mother of the Antichrist is my guess because then they gave that necklace to Rosemary after she passed and Rosemary notices that and we see that scene where she's kind of thrown off but that's my guess as to why she didn't. Yeah.
2: That would make a lot of sense. Why,
1: why, why, Why accept the necklace when she knows? Knows that the woman who killed like she saw she saw the dead body. You're like She saw the, the dead last body.
2: Receiver.
1: Oh, there's that <laughs> yeah, necklace. That's true. I wanted you to have it. You know what? Maybe not. There's probably some blood in there still. Maybe that's why it smells funny. You know. Yeah. She did guess, jump off a fucking building.
0: <laughs> yeah. I guess she just felt awkward in the moment, and so she took it, but she is wearing it later, correct? Yeah. yeah. Throughout the film? She is. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah, those people are kind of pushy, especially... Oh, ...a yeah. wife, Many. Very...
1: But I guess she's just I probably like,
2: would feel like I couldn't say no. either. Her
1: just kind of a pushover anyways, like... Mm-hmm. It kind of seems like you guys have mm-hmm. been saying that <laughs> anyways.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to make her conform to, well, Satanism, essentially. <laughs> but we don't know that until yeah. the end. When that,
1: when that was revealed... When I first saw it, I was like really shocked. I had like, I honestly had no idea that was coming, which I thought was pretty cool.
0: I agree. I I think because I think it does a good job of like, you do feel like something's eerie or something's going on just because you're from uh, Rosemary's point of view and how they're like treating her. You just feel like they're in on something, but I don't think you're thinking cult. The only real instances we get of that is during the dream sequence when she was drugged. And it yeah. looks like she's being raped by Satan. But we we think she's sleeping or like having a nightmare. And we don't really know if that's real or not. She says, this isn't a dream. This is real. But I don't know if we're supposed to like fully believe her because it's so supernatural compared to the rest of the film.
1: Yeah. Like it's really, it's really like just a pose And you're just like, what's going on? <laughs> mm-hmm
2: and it is only from her point of view the entire movie so yeah that's also another element
1: and then when she wakes up she has like scratches you're like wait what the fuck
0: yeah that scene afterwards is like that was my my uh my response because he's like oh sorry don't worry i clipped him uh i had some hangnails no need to worry she's like but i was asleep he's like oh it was kind of fun in a necrophilia way i was like that's weird dude yeah, that's, that's weird. That's when you know like something is off with you. Didn't
1: want to miss baby day, isn't that what he said? Yes,
0: that was it. Yeah, going to miss baby day, so you know, I I did and it. I'm like, what?
1: I'm like, that's really fucked up.
0: Yeah, wow, that's I think because cool. like, I
1: I th- I don't know if it's during this time. I'm not sure, but like, there was like a time in America where like a husband like it was like basically legal to rape his own wife yeah like that like that that didn't exist
0: yeah no absolutely and i think what this film again with the countercultural movement is trying like guy woodhouse and the satanists are the are supposed to represent like the traditional society um not that society is the devil but like just at their conformity and she's like the changing woman and what was i gonna say oh yeah definitely during this time that was all happening, what you're talking about. That it, it shouldn't be okay for a guy to just rape his wife. That shouldn't be okay. It was happening in the 60s. Like, Roe versus Wade was happening. That was 70s, I guess, but like, birth control was happening in the 60s. A lot of, a
1: lot of stuff.
0: A lot of stuff happened in the 60s. Yeah, a lot of stuff did. <laughs> too many count.
1: Too many to count. <laughs> yeah. Would you say that this movie is like really progressive or really conservative?
0: Mm. You mean, like in the themes of the movie, like what we see as for the characters, yes. or yeah, um, I I could see both ways. I see some yeah. people I've read who are like Rosemary's really like a pushover and she's really reserved. And it's kind of offensive to, like, you know, I, just that in itself. But, I mean, I guess I'm looking at it at a subtextual level. I, I was looking at it from the countercultural of the times. Is like she's trying to be different, and they're the society, which is would be the conservative aspect of it. She's trying to be different, mm-hmm. and they're trying to keep her in that role. Which, in the end, she does stay in that role, which it could be seen as conservative. She does yeah. take the mothering role at the end.
1: And she is. She did say she had, she was raised Catholic, which I think, kind of goes like with the religious guilt and conservatism that is shown in the movie.
2: Because
1: okay. mm-hmm. it has like both. Because like in like how you said, like it's like offensive that she's such a pushover, but like also just there's people that are just pushovers now even. So it's not like that's anything that has changed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like maybe some people would stand up but there's also people that don't
0: sure just, just a personality
1: person exactly it's like hard to pinpoint like i on on that but like it's kind of interesting that both like points of view are there i think it kind of like adds a lot of like levels to the movie because mm-hmm. it like you could interpret yeah. it like both ways because you're like if you have that kind of mindset you're like oh i see it this way and then if you're the other one you see it that way kind of just makes me
2: th- yeah i
1: think uh yeah. no i was just gonna make a joke that like it makes me think of the south park episode where the kids write like a like a terrible book and then like they make it butters is like the author because they didn't want to get in trouble and then like all these people critique it like this is the most conservative book ever made they're like what are you talking about this is the most progressive book ever no. written <laughs> yeah <laughs> it just makes me think of that yeah <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's got a progressive aspects, I think, but for me, I think, when I think of it, it would be more like ending up conservative because of how it ends and how it seems that uh, you know, at the end when she's like smiling and like it's really creepy in my opinion. It seems like it's her kind of acceptance of the situation. Mm -hmm. So yeah, she does kind of fall back into that mold that they've Set for her, I guess.
0: Yeah. Which then, the end credits, as she's holding the baby, and the beginning credits, is that, like, lullaby? Like, creepy lullaby. That it?
2: I, yeah. Not a fan. It's creepy. I know, like, Mira, Mia Pharaoh is the one that sings it, and I'm just like,
0: mm.
2: no, stop. hmm But it is, like, kind of harrowing, yeah.
0: Yeah. Ugh.
2: So I guess it achieves that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that lullaby is really creepy. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> and repetitive.
1: There's another lullaby that's like... Also... Before like a supernatural movie. Uh, the movie's called The Innocence. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like early 60s. It's in black and white. It's really good. I think it's also based off a novel. And then there's just like the creepiest lullaby in the beginning of the movie. And I'm just like, oh my god, I am fucking terrified already. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It sets you up. But yeah, that movie's really good, so... Probably one in the future. Do that, yeah.
0: but... <laughs> Absolutely.
1: But also just watch it as soon as you can. I have it on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone uh, pick up on the fact that the baby was born June 1966? Yeah. So that was like 666. Six, six. Yeah. Honestly, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, it until I didn't even realize it, no. <laughs> yeah. I've seen yeah. this movie like
0: three or four times. Yeah, because I think the the time frame of the movie is 1965, like August, you no, know, like December, right? Something like that, too. Okay. June of 66 so born on 666 um yeah which oh that that also coincided that was something with the birth of Satanism like as a religion the guy who created Satanism the church of Satan sorry was in 66 so and it was it was supposed to coincide the author with when the Rosemary's Baby is Born was when Actu- the actual Church of Satan in real life was created by this guy. forget his name. LeVay, I think his name is.
1: I knew... Wow, that is too much. <laughs> I knew someone. I used to work with them that they claimed to be a Satanist. And I was like, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I just didn't... I didn't believe her. <laughs> like, she yeah. said a lot. She said a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I guess we've talked somewhat about the plot and the themes of the movie. Anybody have any backstory trivia? Or I mean, this is this is the fiftieth fiftieth anniversary. It's I think it's without said. It's always on the list of like top ten horror movies or films you have to see. The sixty-eight version.
1: I got some trivia for you. <laughs> What? (laughs) Finally! From my own personal viewing experience, (laughs) I watched... The last time I actually watched this movie, I watched half of it. And let's just say I was on a type of drug. I'm not going to say which one. And it really, really amplified the fucking experience. (laughs) Where I was beyond terrified of just the wallpaper. (laughs) (laughs) and then I was like man this movie's fucked up like I was just like yeah. thinking to myself the whole time because I like knew everything that was happening in the movie because I've seen it already and I was just like thinking of that and I was like oh my god I'm so scared <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. and then like I was like I gotta go home like I was at my friend's house <laughs> I was at my friend's basement I was like I gotta go home I can't watch this movie anymore.
0: <laughs> Oh, that's good that's some great trivia <laughs>
2: On the heels of that, I read that for, like, casting Jack Nicholson was an option initially, but um, I think Roman Polanski nixed him because he thought that his appearance was, like, slightly, like, quote, too, like, sinister. I thought that was interesting. (laughs) I don't think I could see Jack Nicholson in that role, to be honest.
0: Yeah. It seems like... It it reminded me a little bit of like. What's his name from The Shiny, where he's a writer, but it's from his point of view. I think
1: Jack Jack Terrence or whatever.
0: Jack Torrance, yeah. Mm-hmm. Torrance, there yeah. we go. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's from his point of view, and I think if he was Guy Woodhouse, it would he, he would yeah, he would have been too sinister, as you said. Like he would have been like, oh yeah, this guy's in on something. <laughs> this mm-hmm. guy, <laughs> he's evil. Like right,
2: <laughs> right, like right away. But mm-hmm. I think this, dude,
0: that, this dude's the devil, right?
2: <laughs> I, I think John Cassavetti is. Uh, it's more subtle with him, at least, you know, until more is revealed. But yeah, I kind of thought, you know.
1: Yeah, he's he a very. The good guys. He's a very st- stereotypical man of the 60s, I feel like. So it's, like, kind of hard to pinpoint it more. Like, oh, he's, he's a piece of shit because. Uh, he wants more acting roles. Basically, he just sold right. his wife just so he could get more money. Yeah. Because uh, exactly. he's, he's just uh, an asshole.
0: Mm-hmm. Sold his soul.
1: Yeah. It's true. He did that too, right?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, there were no limits for a Guy Woodhouse.
1: Well, his name is Guy, so that's a, a first... that's
2: like... You know, yeah. I was really disappointed when they like when I figured that out because I don't usually remember characters' names and movies that I watch, but it's kind of hard to forget that one.
0: Yeah, I, I like. I... <laughs> no, go ahead, Matt. I was gonna say something in dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I just read that John uh, John Cassavetes was like really liked improvising in his scenes and like did not get along with Roman Polanski based on how scripted and framed that Roman Polanski had this film. Because so if you notice, a lot of the shots are long shots where they don't cut and they kind of follow mm. people or they hold it there, um, which I thought was really good. I thought it gave you like a good sense of like a layout of the apartment like like in real time, which is good. So there was not a lot of room for John Cassavetes to work, and Polanski really reeled them back, and they didn't get along really well because of that.
1: Mm. I feel like this movie doesn't really call for like improvisation like I don't know like it's yeah. not like like even like or comedy where like there's a little room for it even then I feel like mm-hmm. I don't know this is how I feel personally is that improv is usually inferior to like more to like more like something that's mm-hmm. like had like a process because it kind of like you get to mm-hmm. fine tune it a little bit more
0: yeah and I agree with that but like I guess with some actors like you have the script and what's written and then you're like oh can I do that again like another take and you want to try it differently it'll be like I want to kind of do it like this and maybe they'll take that like some some improvised scenes get kept but are like the same line just differently yeah that's fair and, and I think Polanski was like no 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 this is how the book dialogue is written do it like the book yeah don't veer from the book (laughs)
2: so I can see uh, you know yeah. there's artistic differences there but uh, William Castle the producer I think he was quoted as saying like he didn't think Roman He knew that he could have a lot more freedom to play with the script that's why it was such a close adaptation and that's why Mm -hmm. there was no room for improvisation Um, so yeah that all kind of makes sense when I read that I was like oh okay so,
0: yeah. And yeah, that makes sense. One bit of trivia that I always like, and this is this is horror trivia in general, is the remake of the Omen in in oh six June of 06 <laughs>
1: Yeah, I remember that came out.
0: Um, the nanny of Damien is Mia Farrow. Oh, for real. I always like that piece of trivia that she's the nanny of the Antichrist in The Old That's really
1: funny. I never saw that in then. Cool. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: That's brilliant.
0: Yeah. So, um, another thing, just backstory about this movie is it was nominated for two Academy Awards. And it won for for Best uh, Supporting Actress, Ruth Gordon, so Miss Cassavetes. Okay. One best supporting actress for this film and it was also nominated for best adapted screenplay which um, it didn't win which I thought it would because how much praise people give it for being like <laughs> close to the book yeah
1: but I feel like Mia Farrow should have deserved an Oscar for this performance
0: yeah I do too I thought she was really good
1: but I wonder if this is, like, you don't even have to look it up, but I wonder if this is the first horror movie to get a nomination, because I can't think of any that would come before that have been that significant. Because, like, the only one that really, like, comes up is, like, like The Exorcist, I think, won one, and that was, like, in the fucking 70s. And then, of course, you got, like, I think The Others got, like, a nomination, and then, like... <clears throat> sure, I'm forgetting one somewhere. Oh yeah, Silence of the Lambs can't forget that because it actually won Best Picture.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna look this up, but I think there was one before this one. Like, did Psycho get nominated for anything? Like, that was six D.
1: That would be that'd probably be the only one that would yeah. make sense, but I can't think. I'm not good with nominations. <laughs> like, I can't remember. Like before that, oh god, I can't even think what would come up. Like, maybe because makeup wasn't a thing, like back then, like for the category in the monster movies, would have gotten that easily.
0: Yeah, um, I'm looking here and I don't know how well the, yeah, these, these, I would consider some of these horror, yeah, Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, was nominated. Was nominated in '43. Okay, that's pretty. Fifty. The bad seed in '56 received four Oscar nominations, oh, including wow. for acting. And then Hitchcock in '60 was a four-time nominee, including Best Picture for Rebecca. Um, sorry, no, he won for Rebecca. Released Psycho, that earned earned Best Director, and Best Supporting Actors for Janet Leigh.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So a few, not many, but I think really it was Psycho that kind of, oh, I guess Bad Seed got four Oscar nominations.
1: I haven't seen Bad Seed. That's one that's been on my list for a while, but I've heard good things.
0: Yeah. A little side tangent about the Oscars. I did the research into what else was nominated in 68 that was up against, like, Best Adapted Screenplay for Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. But I looked over at Best Original Screenplay, and what do you think won in 1968 for Best Original Screenplay? Uh, I'm really bad at this. I guess this would have been the 69 Oscars, because they came out in 68.
1: The Wild Bunch. Okay. I don't even think that was the right year. I just know it's I just know it's late sixties.
0: <laughs> oh. Lindsay, do you have a have a guess?
2: No, I'm really bad at this.
0: Oh. It was The Producers by Mel Brooks. <laughs> what? Yeah.
1: What? Yeah. Oh my god, I best... nailed the year, Matt, for a Wild Bunch.
0: Oh really? Was it sixty-eight or sixty-nine? It's sixty-nine. Sixty-nine. <laughs> <69? laughs> yeah. Nice. That's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yes. But it it surprised me even more that producer's a great screenplay, but it beat out two thousand one a Space Odyssey by Stanley Kubrick. Which that's a good year for me. I movie, can't believe
1: right? I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Why did I think Wild Bunch over two thousand one Space Odyssey? It's so weird. <laughs> Yeah, that, that is very surprising that 2001 Space Odyssey didn't get Best screenplay. Maybe because it's too close to the book, but even though even though it's not. It's not even close to the book at all.
0: No, it's up for best original screenplay. Yeah. It was not even an adapted.
1: He like completely changed the fucking everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he was okay. he was working with the the writer of the book as it was being written.
0: <laughs> yeah. Which I guess is kind of like this one, but the, Polanski wasn't working with Levin, but they got the rights for the movie before he published the book.
1: I don't uh, defend Roland Polanski much, because you shouldn't, but he I, there's just some of his movies I just really like. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's hard to not that.
1: Like The Pianist? That movie's so fucking yeah. depressing and good.
0: Mhm.
1: I don't even know if I said it right. Yeah, I it always, is. I always say that word wrong.
0: The pianist. Yeah, that's right.
1: Okay. It just sounds dirty,
0: yeah. you know. Repulsion is good. I mean, Rosemary's Baby. I have, a, I have. It's not a great movie. Chinatown. I, Chinatown's I
1: ha- real good. Yeah. I don't obviously, have. That's that's the one that obviously comes up a lot in lists.
0: Yeah, and I'm also. In, it's not a great movie, but I always watch it. Is the Ninth Gate. With Johnny Depp, it's it's a it's another did he, Satan.
1: Did he direct that?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's another satanic cult one. Hmm.
1: I like the Tenet a lot. That movie's pretty interesting. Hmm. That movie's weird. Yeah, I just wonder how weird that movie is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it's safe to say as well, with this movie being you know on the top 100 movies you need to see, regarded as a classic horror film, it was a success at the box office.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think it kind of paved the way for several uh, occult movies that followed. Um, I know it was compared a lot with The Exorcist and uh, The Omen yeah, in the 70s. So it was a little bit ahead definitely. of all that.
0: And even we were talking about before the podcast, uh, Hereditary, that's coming out. The director said Rosemary's Baby influenced uh, that film and Jordan Peele said with Get Out that he took influence on in Rosemary's Baby oh
1: I didn't even know that
0: mhm yeah. yeah like the ideas of you know it, it kind of has that same vibe of you know it seems like a normal setting yeah of like this this family and there's an outsider coming into it and you don't know what's really going on until the end where like a kind of a cult scenario is yeah for that's true mm-hmm.
1: I didn't even think about mm-hmm.
0: that mhm yeah
1: interesting Behold, the coagula. (laughs) I was always thrown off whenever when they said that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, same.
1: But Anyways, Lindsay, defend or destroy? (laughs) Um,
2: Definitely defend through and through. Um, I've never seen this movie before. I'm sure it's shocking (laughs) to you guys. Um, I think it's, like, one of the best movies that we've watched since I've been on the podcast. Um, Yeah, that's a bold statement, but I'm going to (laughs) stand by it. Um, I think the slow burn and the gradual suspense elements uh, in the story are all really great. I think it was directed and written extremely well. Um, You know, the occult aspects I found really disturbing stayed with me for quite a while after watching, and I felt super uncomfortable, but not so much that I'm not going to watch <laughs> mm-hmm. it again, um, so, because um, there's a distinct difference between, uh, those, that, um, between that, but, um, yeah, I definitely, uh, but watch it again, 100%. Nice. What about y'all?
0: Uh, I'll, i echo a defend major defend and for several of the of reasons I mentioned prior where it does a great job of building that atmosphere and it was, you know, it brought the gothic horror to an urban setting. It's regarded as one of the, the more modern horror films where it took things from the rural area or the monster era and turned things into everyday living in New York. And I also enjoyed it for the ideas of it. It used a social critique, same way, you know, Get Out does is it, it's like what's going on at the time And really make that the metaphor for the movie that's the supernatural terror yes there's a satanic cult but also it's really looking at um, her role in society and she becomes the mother and she conforms that's what she's supposed to be but it's not not really, you don't see a ritual really, it's kind of you know you're building up the suspense in your head and I fully defend Rosemary's Baby y'all should watch it if you (laughs) haven't
1: are you all saying y'all now? Yeah, Is I it don't think so. Yeah, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> not where I'm from. Hmm. I don't even know what accent yeah. I was trying to do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Pete, are you gonna destroy it, or are we are we gonna have a you, uh, an outlier?
1: You know, I'm not gonna destroy. I've seen this movie like four or five times. I just I don't watch a movie four or five times if I want to destroy it. (laughs) I hate it it. so much I just want to keep watching it.
0: (laughs) I hate it so much it's irresistible.
1: Like I'm just gonna just like torture myself with it and like just do Clockwork Orange or just like have my eyes open the entire time.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: But anyways, yeah, I, I defend this movie a lot and I was actually really surprised when Matt picked it because I was like, oh yeah, like I forgot that we haven't done this movie yet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it kind of like makes up for like what I, I was missing, like my complaints from Night of the Demon, how we wanted more stuff from the occult. And I feel like this one delivers, even though you don't see a lot of it, like it like makes you think about it more, which I feel like kind of like fills... Satisfactory. I don't know. Like I don't even know. What I'm trying to say right now. Like, uh mm. fills that satisfaction more because of, like it gets you thinking about it. Because mm. you you feel like something yes. is up, and then when it's revealed at the end, you're trying to piece everything that happened beforehand.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And I think it, like that's like a really cool thing to have in the movie where you got this nice like. Not, like, twist ending, but, like, you got a big reveal, and then it's, like, interesting and surprising, and I know, like, talking about it flat out is, like, kind of ruining the movie, but also, like, we also just spoil every movie we watch anyways. (laughs) And it's 50 years old to this day. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, get on it already. So,
1: like, get over it. (laughs) Watch the fucking movie, anyways. You're gonna forget about it anyways because you're gonna be watching a YouTube video at the same time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, while doing <laughs> sure, your taxes. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Before that's unanimous. Defend from the It Records gang, uh, by the way. But before we, you know, wrap it up, I'm just gonna slightly mention sort of the iterations, the sequels and remakes that came from rosemary's baby if you're interested at all there was a television film in 76 called look what's happened to rosemary's baby <laughs> <laughs> that's the title of it there's i don't think there's anybody oh wait no ruth gordon was in it um but no okay. me Pharaoh. then in 2014 nbc made a mini series with Soe Saldana called rosemary's baby and as of 2008 which is now a decade old they were talking about making an actual movie remake with Michael Bay attached.
1: Ugh, God.
0: So I don't think that's going to happen, but we still... I mean, Halloween's coming out soon. We're going to make another Friday the 13th, so... I thought that got canned. Oh, it did. You're correct. It was supposed to come out, I think, in February of this year because there was a Friday the 13th and this February, right? I think so. Um, it was supposed to come out then, and they they, they canned it. You're right. But I believe they've just rebooted it. They're gonna make it. They just I don't know if they need to do like reshoots or something, but it's gonna happen again.
1: They're just like just like Jason, he just keeps coming back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I recently just watched Jason X, by the way. This is a tangent, but fucking phenomenal movie. <laughs> that movie's great. <laughs> That's
1: pretty bad.
0: <laughs>
1: it's not as good as Final Chapter, Part Four. Far from the Final yeah. Chapter, actually, yeah. I actually really like Part Four,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I really like Part
0: Six, which is I don't even remember what it's called. There's There's ten. Jason X is ten. Before that's Jason goes to Hell. Then before that's Jason goes to Manhattan, which is eight.
1: Which I haven't uh, seen. I haven't seen eight or nine, but I've seen ten.
0: Yeah, so. There's part one, part two, part three, which is 3D. Four is final chapter. What's five, six, and seven? Five, no!
1: five is new beginning. Six is Maybe. like Jason lives, I think. Mm-hmm. Seven is like with the psychic. I just remember that. And it's great. And also terrible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we've uh, talked about Rosemary's Baby today. Um, thanks for joining us on the airwaves with the It Records podcast gang we'll be back, you know, bi-weekly catch us us, yeah, wherever, wherever we are, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook we have a webpage let us know what you're thinking and if you want us to uh, do any episodes, and we have a contest out by the way, so if you go online to Facebook or the website or anywhere on Twitter, we have a question posed up there and the first one to answer we put your name in a hat and you'll win the 35 year anniversary of Halloween on DVD
1: Ooh. Ooh. Yeah.
0: so that is up for, for grabs if whoever gets it right but until next time, I am Matt Johnson and I will remain in the shadows in the hallway closet and different for apartments whoa <laughs> <laughs> I don't even
1: know
2: what to say my that name is good.
1: Peter Hanson and I'm like, what have you done to its eyes <laughs>
2: I'm see Clark and those are definitely his father's eyes.